Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. We have had enough conversations over the years about the importance of mental health, mental wellness. And we definitely have seen some tragic consequences when mental health has been ignored. Uh, You can only point to a few weeks back with the the tragic high school Florida shooting. And oftentimes we say, well, are there signs? What should teachers be looking for? My guest this half hour is talking about a much bigger picture and maybe taking some of that burden off of teachers. Nathaniel Vonder Ems, assistant professor, School of Psychology, University of South Florida, joins us today. Hello, Nathaniel. Hi. I want to talk about mental health, and we often focus on the mental health of adults, and we don't realize that a lot of these situations are happening when people are much younger than that. Do you think schools do enough to really focus on the mental health of their students? Well, I think we're at a really critical point in talking about mental health more broadly in education today. And I think we can do so much more to remove barriers to learning and really emphasizing social-emotional learning to, to, to facilitate and foster that mental well-being. Oftentimes we hear that uh, teachers should be looking for red flags, but I'm, I'm concerned that sometimes the red flags, it's too late, that there are other signs that schools and, and teachers should be addressing. What are your thoughts when it comes to really recognizing the health of a student in a classroom? Yeah, I think teachers have so much on their plates. I mean, if you think of an average classroom of 25 to 30 kids, you walk into any elementary classroom and you can ask a teacher which kid is exhibiting disruptive behavior. And right away, most teachers will be able to tell you that. It's the kids that have anxiety, uh, withdrawal, social isolation. Those are are much more harder to to identify and recognize in a timely fashion. And so universal screening is one option, one research-validated option for teachers to kind of take the temperature of their classroom and really locate and identify those kids that need help before severe and mental behavioral health problems uh, start to manifest. Tell me more about universal screening. What would uh, teachers or schools or school psychologists be be looking at? Yeah, so with a universal screener, it's typically a very brief, very fast and efficient tool, whereas a teacher will complete anywhere between 15 to 20 uh, survey-type questions looking at a student's behavior across the multiple domains. Uh, it's designed to be completed in less than one minute, and it gives broad data about uh, not only is a, ch- is a child at risk, but what does that risk look like? So is it at risk for externalizing disruptive kinds of behavior or internalizing behavior like that withdrawal and anxiety that I mentioned earlier? Now, are you saying the teacher would be filling this out for each of their students in the classroom? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're thinking of a typical elementary classroom, again, of about 25 or 30, 30 students, a teacher can complete uh, a universal screener in about 30 to 40 minutes for every student uh, in total in that classroom. Now, in later grades, let's say middle school and, and high school, uh, students complete those screeners themselves with a student self-report measure. And I'm glad you clarified that because I'm thinking uh, it's, it's one thing for a teacher to look at an elementary school child, but ultimately it has to be coming from the, the child on their own mental health and how they are feeling about things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think when you consider, you know, an elementary teacher being around a, a student more than a thousand hours 
per year, they, they're clearly the best rater and person to identify when severe behavior might occur or when uh, odd behaviors might start to occur. Whereas in high school and middle school with the constant switching of classes, that's where we, it comes into play where we have multiple raters and, and multiple assessors of, of what mental health might look like. Nathaniel, you've been in the sector of psychology for a long time, so you know there is a stigma surrounding mental health. I'm wondering if really um, a junior high or a high school student is going to be honest with filling out a screener concerned that what are going to what are people going to think because we still have such a stigma around mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Mental health stigma is something that we're as psychologists constantly working to combat. And I think it's really about how we talk about mental well-being in general. Um, something like a universal screener, we're identifying barriers to learning. We're not diagnosing. We're not using a DSM to, to psychologize or pathologize what a child might be experiencing. Rather, we're, t- we're taking the temperature before surgery is needed. So it's about recognizing these barriers to learning and facilitating prevention services in a timely, in a timely fashion. I think by talking about it, uh, from a prevention standpoint and from early intervention really helps to promote this idea of well-being and catching problems before they um, become much more severe. I want to go back to the, the questions. You say 15 to 20 questions that a teacher would be able to fill out. Teachers, they have to wear so many different hats these days from social workers to psychologists, but they're not, they're not professional psychologists. So are you saying these questions would be simple enough that they would be able to fill this out on a student to be able to recognize if there is um, an area that has to be looked at more closely? Absolutely. Yeah, we've designed, uh, so I was a, a developer of one such screening tool. It's been used over 2 million times and across 28 U.S. states. And so we have a lot of information to suggest that teachers are reliable reporters of behavioral and mental health needs. Um, I think you mentioned something that's really important that, you know, what are we asking teachers to do and what are we, um, you know, what are they getting back for, for completing these assessments? And I think it's important that for anything that we ask a teacher to do, it's often at the cost of instruction or, or some other uh, really valuable learning activity. So a screening has to provide valuable information that will facilitate the learning process overall. So the teacher understands that direct connection between a universal screener and how they're able to improve academic, emotional, and behavioral health outcomes. I know we're talking to you, uh, you're in Florida and here we are in Alberta and I've got teachers who are listening and are, they're probably saying, well, I don't know if we've got a similar screening program here, but is this something that you have heard uh, across North America when it comes to looking at how to address the mental health of students in classrooms? Yeah, unfortunately, quite a number of schools don't engage in any kind of systematic screening. Uh, the best data that we have within the U.S. looks a little less than about 15% of schools are engaging in these programs. Uh, I think there's a lot of great uh, attention paid to, to the mental health needs of our students. Um, unfortunately, if, if we're not using data to guide where those interventions are, are placed, uh, they're, they're destined to fail or not be as effective as certainly as they could be. Um, quite simply, with the, with the number of mental and behavioral health needs in our classrooms today, there will never be enough time or personnel to address those individually. So we need screening to help us identify kids early so that we can prevent these problems from happening. It almost sounds like a test that a parent would want to get their hands on too, just to be able to um, assess how their child is doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and many screeners 
offer multiple raters. So I talked about the teacher rater and the student self-report, but a number of them also have a parent report. And schools that are really progressive and forward-thinking and, and providing these services to kids is that they then use these multiple sources of data, uh, oftentimes revealing a problem that they might not have seen in one particular situation. Nathaniel, thanks so much for telling us about this. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity. Nathaniel Vonderems, he's an assistant professor, school of psychology at the University of South Florida. It's 417.